This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And let's see. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, where my parents currently live today, we moved in there in 1973, summer of 73. And just up the block from there was a, uh, on the corner, just across the intersection, just up the block from my parents' house, was a ice, ice cream parlor and restaurant called Bridgman's. And Bridgman's was a franchise restaurant, ice cream parlor kind of thing, uh, place, um, business. But I don't think there are too many around anymore I, as far as the restaurant park goes. And I think I think really what Bridgman's is is uh, pretty much just the ice cream line, which you can get at some grocery stores around. I was checking online where you can find them, and I think it's essentially in Minnesota and Wisconsin. There might be other places. I'm not sure how widespread it is. Uh, but uh, but there it was up on the corner. It's now a liquor store. Uh, but uh, but but in those days, it was uh, you you could get up to go there and there would be a restaurant in there, or you can get some ice cream. And they had lots of different flavors of ice cream. I'm not sure if they had 31 like Baskins and Robbins, but um, they did have a good variety of ice cream, and they had my favorite, and that was licorice ice cream. I really liked licorice ice cream when I was a kid. And uh, when the Bridgman's there went away, uh, there was one over in some other part of uh, the Twin Cities that I don't know if it had, I don't think we frequented it very much, if, if at all. But uh, that one eventually went away. And uh, and like I said, I do know that the ice cream is around somewhere. There's a little mom and pop grocery store just down the block from where I work currently that uh, they do have ice cream th- there that you can get little gallons or pint-sized ice creams or whatever they are for, uh, 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 for well, from, that's the word I was looking for, from Bridgman's. All right, so, but they don't have licorice ice cream. And I was like, crap. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been, it had been years until about, I don't maybe about five years ago, maybe a little more, I'm not exactly sure, but it had been years since I'd had licorice ice cream. And uh, five or six years or whatever it was, uh, Amy and Hayden and I went to the Ramsey County State, State uh, Ramsey County Fair, which was, uh, St. Paul is in Ramsey County here in Minnesota, that's where we live, and the, the, the fairgrounds for, Ramsey, for the Fanny, Fair, Ramsey County Fair are not all that far from where we live currently, and they're even closer to where my parents live. 
I mean, just walking distance from my, where my parents live. And uh, uh, each year they'd have the big um, parade, Ramsey County Parade, and that was always fun. Uh, and and so, I don't know, five, six years ago we took Hayden to it and we we're checking this stuff out. There's some some rides there, but nothing, not, nothing spectacular. And Hayden was not much of a, and still isn't much of a kid for going on on rides. He doesn't like the real scary ones or the you know, roller coaster type stuff and that. He doesn't. Uh, in fact, I guess his last day of school this year, the class is going to Valley Fair and he, he doesn't want to go. <laughs> so I don't want to go. So we're going to find out if it's okay if he stays home that last day. Well, anyway, one of the concessions that was there that year was a stand that was selling frozen yogurt and they had a whole bunch of flavors. You know, just a bunch of them, and one of them was licorice. And I thought, oh, awesome, <laughs> we got we got to have this. I don't know what Amy and Hayden got, but I got some licorice frozen yogurt treat, and and it it brought me back. I had I said, wow, it tastes a lot like what I remember the ice cream tasting like, and it was kind of cool. And I thought, great, you know, when we come out here at least once a year, when the fair comes in, uh, I'll have some of this licorice flavored uh, uh, frozen yogurt. That was the only year that that particular concession was there. I haven't seen if it's been back, and we haven't been back to the Ramsey County Fair for a couple years, at least. Well, since then, it would just pop into my mind every now and then, especially in summer. Which, uh, if you know me, you know I don't particularly care for summer. I don't like hot. I don't like humid. I just don't. But I'll suffer through. I'll make it. Uh, when the summer months roll around, I start thinking about ice cream. And and that licorice ice cream will pop into my head. And, and I did this uh, last year. I, I looked around for a place that might sell licorice ice cream. And I thought I found one. And I went in. And it turns out that, well, it's one of the flavors that they offer from time to time. It just depends on if they make the batch or not. I don't know if they make their own ice cream or what the deal is. But they just did it, they didn't have any. So I didn't get any ice cream there. I just went, eh, okay. And then just, I don't know, just a couple weeks ago, a month ago, something like that, uh, I was searching again. I put in the Google, you know, licorice ice cream, St. Paul. And I found, found a place. Now, this place has two locations, one in Stillwater, which is not all that far from St. Paul. Yeah, Stillwater is a little town that has a lot of antique stores and old bars and, and tourist kind of attraction type places. It's a very narrow strip for the downtown of, of Stillwater. It's just, it's just like a small town that you would go through on the old highway system when you just drive through and go through a small town. And it's just, uh, you know, it's like, it's like that. Uh, but it's a little more gentrified and it's a little more uh, attracts the, the yuppie crowd or whatever, if, if that's still a plausible, applicable term to use. And it gets kind of crowded yeah, because it's right on the border of Minnesota and Wisconsin, just across the river from Wisconsin, across the uh, St. Croix River. And in fact, that's a little way to get through over into Wisconsin. Uh, using There's a bridge that just comes right through there. So that can be kind of a kind of a busy little hub there. 
And I don't know if I want to mess with trying to find parking and dealing find, trying to find a place there. But I didn't have to worry about that because there was a store in St. Paul. Now, the name of the place is called Nelson's Ice Cream. So if you're in the Twin Cities, note I said Twin Cities, if you're in the Twin Cities and you're hankering some ice cream, look for look up you know going onto the Googles and look for this Nelson's ice cream. And depending on which how adventurous you feel about getting, uh, go to Stillwater location or the St. Paul one, you know whichever. And the St. Paul location is not all that far from where I work for the comic book store. So a couple weeks ago, I decided to head on over and see you know that says they have licorice ice cream, but I thought maybe it'd be like that other place that. They just list all the flavors that they could have, depending on if they make a batch or, or not. And I, I got over to the place, and the first thing I see is the door, sign on the door saying cash only, and I didn't have cash on me. So I thought, well, I can only reconnoiter, even though there's an ATM inside, but I wasn't going to take money out of just, just to get some ice cream. But I figured, well, let's just check the place out. I know where it is now. Let's see. And I find out that, yes, they do carry licorice ice cream all the time. It's one of the flavors they offer, and they offer quite a few. And I thought, great, that uh, okay, great. So the very next weekend, which was last weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend, I I went in, I went to the comic book store on Saturday as I normally do, did my thing there, and then after that, went over to try my, you know, to give myself that treat. I'm going to have some licorice ice cream. They call it licorice chip ice cream, which which is the, the ice cream itself is kind of vanilla-y and licorice-y, uh, a little, little gray color to the ice cream, and then it has these black candy chips in there, which is licorice, flavored anyway. And so I go in. Now, here's the thing about this place. You can get a cup or a cone, depending. If you get a cup... It's, uh, you know, uh, it's a little less expensive than if you get a cone. You know, a cone, if you get the cone, it's a dollar more. And so they had, um, they had child size, which I was told the first time I see people say, the, the, cust, uh, the, the employees at the place were telling me that most people get child size. I said, okay. And they kind of gave me an indication of how much ice cream that was, but I wasn't really paying too close attention. But I did, re it did register that, that seems like a lot of ice cream, but you know I wasn't. You know. And but they but they offer child size, single, double, and triple, and these are all in increasing amounts. They're not, they're not you know going lower. Uh, this is so so the child size is the small. It's that that's the that's the small end of the the ice cream that they will dish out for you. And I, so I go in this Saturday, and I decide to get a cone because they have the, the waffle cone type thing. And I said, got, got one of those. And, and I see on the counter they have styrofoam bowls with uh, plastic spoons that you can use. And, and so I figured I might need this because I'm starting to get the impression that they give you a lot of ice cream. So I asked the young fellow, I said, what's the difference between a child size and a single cone, say? And he said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll scoop you out a child size, and if you want to go to single, we'll put more in there for you. And I said, okay, sounds like a plan.
and he says, "Well, you know, I can tell him I want the licorice ice cream. I could get more scoops. You could, you could, ver- you could put, uh, you know, half of it being chocolate, half vanilla, whatever, whatever flavors you want to go with. You could do that." Uh, but I said, "No, I'll just get this just the licorice, please." And he starts to scoop it out. And so there's this cone. Then he he fills the cone with ice cream, and then he continues to con- scoop and scoop and scoop and scoop and scoop and scoop and scoop the top of this thing, and it gets. I mean, it was incredible how much ice cream he was giving me for four dollars and seventy-five cents. Because it was it was a three seventy-five would it would have been if I got it in a cup instead of with a cone. And I, I just okay. <laughs> I said child size fine because he shows me it. it it's it, that's fine. And and so I I put it in the bowl. And I take it out, and I, I go find a, a, a side street to park on, so I'm not, I'm not taking up a spot in the lot. And I sit there, and I swear I was there for like a half hour, if not more, eating the whole thing because I didn't want to drive with the ice cream. I would, you know, eat a bit and maybe try to drive home with maybe half of it. But now I thought, okay, let's just finish it, and I did. And I got home, and I was like, oh boy, I'm not gonna have to eat for a while. And the next day, Sunday, day before Memorial Day. Uh, we went over to my brother and sister-in-law's place. Uh, most of the family, not not the whole family, but most of us gathered there, and we had burgers and brats. Or Amy and Hayden had grilled cheese because they're vegetarians, and 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 we're sitting around talking. And at some point, I bring up this ice cream place. I found this place that sells licorice ice cream, and it was it was good. I mean, it, I it was pretty much as I remember it, uh, and and it was it, so it was good. And um, but but maybe it was just a little too much of a good thing because I was, huh, you know I wasn't I wasn't raring to head back. But I'm telling them about the place and how much ice cream they give, and then I get this look from from Amy and Hayden saying, "Oh, you didn't bring us." <laughs> well, I'm not gonna drive all the way home, get to you guys, and then go all the way back. Amy's, you know, Amy's probably still gonna be in bed, or she's gonna be busy doing something. And hey, you're, you know, so I'm not gonna do that. But we were over in South Minneapolis. That's where my uh, my brother and his wife live. And the drive home would take us in that direction. And I thought, okay. And I said, but it's cash, cash only. And Amy says, well, I have cash. I says, okay. So, all right. You know, I didn't commit at that point, but we're driving. And I said, uh, I looked at her and said, you sure you got cash? And you're like, yeah, I got cash. Okay, so we go over there. And, you know, and, and it, again, it's astounding how much ice cream they give. This time we just went with cups. We went with the child size. And, and then, you know, the guy realizes we want to put it in the bowl. And he says, you want me to put it in the bowl for you? Because he fills up the cup and he overfills it like just like he did the day before and so then he turns it over you know turns it upside down puts it in the cup and kind of kind of pushes it in there so that it's nice and snug in that cup or in the bowl and then we take a spoon we go sit down we eat we all eat about half of it and then take the rest home and finish it later but i just that is a ton of ice cream i was asking amy it's not I don't know how big a single would be, let alone a double or a triple. I mean, if somebody orders a triple, would they just give them the whole? Because the 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 ice cream comes in these. It comes from Kemp's. That's the, got the Kemp label on all the all the all the. I don't know what you call them. The 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 buckets of ice cream that they would bring out. Uh, they were setting getting some for Hayden, and they just they they 
emptied out the bucket that they had in there, and they so somebody goes back and gets another one, and they got about half of that one empty. No, I don't. If they're like three gallon size, maybe not five gallons. Seems like it's a little big, but they're big. So it's it's like so. If I wanted a triple, would you just hand me one of these things? Because holy smokes, folks, there's a ton of ice cream. That's a, I mean, that's a ton of ice cream, and for the three. Uh, uh, things of ice cream that we got. I mean, every now and then we'll I'll stop at uh, Dairy Queen and I'll get three blizzards for us. It's it, the three blizzards. It was about you know getting three. We get three large because that's what we do. Three large blizzards from the Dairy Queen cost like seven bucks more than what these three massive amounts of ice cream cost that we got there. And uh, I'm telling you. <laughs> if we if we ever go we should get we should we should get the gallon ice cream you know you get the, the the plastic gallons of ice cream empty empty them out at some point uh, and then clean them out real nice and then bring three of those along so we can set the ice cream bowls inside those and then bring them home <laughs> so that we you know if they melt a little bit at least they won't get all over the place but I'm telling you if you're ever in the Twin Cities and you want some ice cream Nelson's ice cream they're not a sponsor of the show. But uh, they should be. Let me see. I'll rattle my papers here just to annoy you. And I'll look and see what's coming up on the, on the schedule here for the show. Oh, tell you what. I'm going to take a break. And when I get back, I'll uh, continue with the show. Because that's kind of what you're supposed to do. You take breaks, and then you come back, and, you know, you continue with the show. Which what I just said. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dan Fitzsimmons. I shall return after this break. All the competition, and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Delphal News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit DoubtfulNews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. I'm a paramedic, and it may sound silly, but a lot of people are afraid to call 911 when they're experiencing uncomfortable pressure, fullness, squeezing, or pain in the center of the chest. Instead, people risk permanent damage or death because they're afraid they might get a lecture. To learn more about heart attack warning signs, call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit us on the web at AmericanHeart.org. We give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. 
and welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, uh, what do I got? What do I got? Um, oh, I got one of these. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Sure, it's good. It's always good. My pedantic moments are great. Uh, I, I do, I am a bit of a pedant, and uh, you know my favorite tree is pedantry, uh, and I'm, um, I'm not that super pedantic, because okay, because there you could you could you could get super pedantic where you could get to a point where you you probably just couldn't do anything because you'd be constantly getting it be determined to have it exactly right, well. I'm not that far, I'm not that far gone, and I think uh, my doing these these pedantic moments is is a bit therapeutic in that I I keep I get it out so that I don't have to uh, uh, go over the rails or off the rails or you know uh, with uh, um, overemphasizing the pedantism that I I practice. Does that make sense? So and it's just silly I know, but here um, let's see. I got the image right here. I'll put it up on the show notes page when I'm good and ready. Uh, a Facebook friend uh, shared an image that somebody had created. Uh, it's a it's a it's a photograph of one of those two lane highways that you see out west. Uh, judging by some of the landscape there, I'm thinking it's probably the southwest. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's it's just one of those real straight stretches of road. Uh, if you look at the picture, you'll see way off toward the horizon, the road does turn a little bit. But pretty much it's just this straight road. And it's the two-lane highway thing, and it's you know, probably the speed limit's probably 80 miles an hour, maybe 85 miles an hour, it depends. But uh, anyway, so it, it, my face, if I'd known this Facebook friend better, I would have laid on the pedantism. But... Uh, or the pedantry. I would have laid it on, but I didn't know the guy that well, and you know, you, see, I'm maturing. <laughs> I held back. I didn't go that far. Well, there. that's the image, that's the photograph that you see, and the text that goes across it says, and I quote, the first time I went over 120 miles per hour was in a, and then it's left blank. Now the fellow who shared this, now if you know how Facebook works, you can share an image and you can add some text that you will share with it. And that text that you write will sit above the photograph. You know, it's a little comment that you make. Not in the comment thread, but right there in, you know, right there above the above the photograph. So the guy writes in a car. In a car. Now, a super pedantic person would say, but that sentence would then be, the first time I went over 120 miles per hour was in a, in a car. But that's not me. I thought that was his answer. The first time he went that fast was in a car. So I thought, well, okay, I'll give an answer. And I gave an answer, which was in an airplane. That's the first time... The only time I've gone over 
120 miles an hour. Unless you want to get even more pedantic. I'll do that in a little bit, though. So I, I, I put that, and then he, he comments to my comment. He replies to my comment saying, I specified in a car. And I said, well, I thought that was your answer. He said, no, my answer was in the comments, the first, the first comment he put in, he wrote some kind of car, you know, like a, I don't know what it was, a 1984 Yugo or something. I know, Yugos can't go 85 miles an hour, but it was some car, a Datsun something or other. I don't know cars. Just, you know, my, you know what my dream car is? The car I own, you know, the Kia Soul. Not because I always wanted a Kia Soul. No, no, it's always the car I own. You know, so for a time it was a a, a, a an AMC Matador. <laughs> oh boy, those were not the Matador. The AMC cars were not great, and this thing was. Oh, but that was the first car I ever owned. That was my dream car. That's my car. If they ask, well, it's the car I own because it's the one I got. Because I'm not a car guy. Just I'm not. So he's I, so I said well I've I've never driven that fast in a car I've only done or I've never gone that fast in a car only in an airplane and we said well there's your answer never and I said oh okay then never and he gave me a thumbs up and we understood and see I was mature I decided because I don't know this person very well I'm not gonna lay it on I'm not gonna you see, well, yeah, but don't you... <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But let's say it was... Oh, I don't know. Let's say it was my, my good friend Craig. Uh, and let's say that he posted that up there. And he did the same... He does all the same stuff. But I would have felt a little more uh, uh, freedom to kind of needle him about this, this whole thing. And, and throw on the, pedant the pedantry... The pedantry. Sorry. God, oh, you think I'd say the word right. And I'd say, well, if you want us to tell you a specific car, saying in a car it is not the way to ask for it. You're saying, you know, you just say, I, you know, I, you know, if it might take more words to write this up, obviously, but say, if you've done this, this speed, I'm, you know, I'm looking for the kind of car you were in. That you went that fast. That's what I'm looking for. That's what he should have said. That, he, when he said in a car, well, that's that's you know. I did say to him, I thought that was your answer. No, my answer was this whatever this Datsun something or other. So you know, but then I you know, if it would have been Craig, I would have taken him. And said, well, you know, you got to be a little more clear than that, don't you? And so then when he tells me, and I after when I tell him that I have never gone that fast in a car. Only in an airplane, which in an airplane goes what? I don't know, six, seven hundred miles an hour, maybe? Is that how fast they go? <laughs> you'd think I'd know being a, in my pedantic moment, moment, you would think I'd know. It's about that fast, isn't it? Uh, depending on the, the, the size of the plane, I suppose, and headwind or no headwind, tailwind, whatever, you know. Because we, we went to London, and I, I think that's what it was. I was looking at the speed, and I think that's what it was saying. But anyway. If you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you just let me know. But I know it was going faster than 120 miles an hour. So he tells me, well, you know, if Craig were to tell me that the answer is never, then I would say, yeah, but then that makes the sentence, the first time I ever went over 120 miles 
per hour was in a never. That don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah, but luckily, I was, I, I, I was, I stayed calm, and I said, "Oh, choose your battles. You don't have." Then he's not going to get it that you're that you're teasing, you know, like like somebody that you know better would say, "Well, you, you do this pedantic thing, and it's, it's you're going to be teasing, and that's okay. I understand. It's not like that." Um, <clears throat> but if you want to get even more pedantic about this whole thing. You need, we need to establish, okay, are you asking, you know, how we, uh, uh, this, this speed relative to what? You know, you, you know when you say that um, a car's going 60 miles an hour, it's relative to a, a spot on, on, the, on the planet, you know, on the surface, and it's going so fast, and past this point, it's relative to something. But <clears throat> that's, that's what they mean, the speed limit. That's what they mean here, but, you know, technically... Uh, <clears throat> technically, I'm moving, and so are you, and everybody listening to this show, and everybody else living on this planet. We are all going about a thousand miles an hour around, you know, the axis, uh, the axis of our planet. You know, we're going. You know, it depends on how close you are to the equator. This is near the equator. It's close to a thousand miles an hour. Uh, further away from the equator, the equator is going to be a little different, but let's just, you know, give or take, you know, it's essentially a thousand miles an hour. We're zooming around from day to night, you know, zoom, zoom, zoom. So, so we're traveling at a thousand miles an hour. And our planet is going around the sun at a rate of 67,000 miles an hour. So we're going 67,000 miles an hour. Just by sitting in your living room. Did you think of that? And not only that, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the sun and the solar system, you know, that we are part of, that is all going around the Milky Way galaxy, around the center of the Milky Way galaxy, at a rate of uh, 490,000 miles an hour. Huh? Now we're talking. It's, it's, it's amazing our skin isn't all pulled off of our bodies and the, the g-force has got to be something incredible right wouldn't it be nah, it, well <clears throat> it's in space it's gonna be it's gonna be a little different so but not only that <laughs> our galaxy is zooming out into the the universe in the expansion from the big bang at 515,000 miles per hour. Now, I don't know where they make their relative point, I suppose, you know, in that. You know, so, well, from the, what would be the center. Here's, I, I, don't, I don't even know if they can find the center. I, I don't even know if that even works because physics is really weird and, and cos, cosmology is really weird and it's just, it's, it is. It's hard, to, it's, it's hard to fathom, you know, the beginning of the universe, you know, the Big Bang kind of thing where time, there was no time before it. So time started then, and I just, I just got to start doing that. I don't get it. What? What? Okay. I'm with you, and I, and I understand that it's that you're, you're right, <laughs> Mr. Astrophysicist, scientist guy. I understand you're right, but it's kind of, it is kind of weird and hard for me to wrap my brain around. But 
uh, and so I don't even know if there is a, like, well, the Big Bang started here. I don't know if they can extrapolate back to, I, I don't know. If you know, let me know. Send me an email at uh, drdim at dimland.com. Do that. D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. Uh, I don't know. Should I get into politics? Okay. <clears throat> you twisted my arm. <clears throat> I'm not sure where to start because <laughs> it's been a week. It really has. It's really been something. Um, I'll start with uh, this image that I, I saw of uh, Melania Trump. That's our, that's our first lady. She's married to President Trump. And it was a picture of her at the, uh, dam, uh, the uh, uh, Republican National Convention in which she delivered a speech which was essentially uh, <laughs> completely plagiarized <laughs> from Michelle Obama's speech at the uh, Democratic National Con uh, Convention from, I think, the last time or something, or for the first time she spoke there. I'm not... I, don't pin me on the details because I'm not as pedantic as that. But I do remember this, boy, she said virtually the same thing. And uh, a Facebook friend shared this image. It's a picture of her, and it says on there, uh, it says, uh, Donald was rich, so we make sex. Uh, except uh, it didn't say sex. We make the F-bomb. Donald was rich, so we make F. I want to kind of pull this thing apart a little bit. First thing I commented was, I said, so slut-shaming's okay then? I thought it wasn't. I thought it was bad. Well, the person who posted came back and said, she defines slut as uh, meaning uh, a derogatory term toward a woman who enjoys sex. And her idea is that... Uh, that Melania just is not, you know, she doesn't think she's a slut. Yeah. What do you mean? You think she doesn't enjoy sex? Well, no, she doesn't enjoy sex with Donald Trump. I mean, who could? Which is a point I'm going to get to in a moment. <clears throat> I thought, okay, well, uh, and then somebody says, well, is, is gold digging, you know, gold digging okay then? And I thought, how, like I said, you know, who could have sex with him? Who could be in love with him? I, I can't imagine myself being that. You know, it's just, it's so obviously she's just in it for the money. Well, how do you know that? We don't know. We don't know what their relationship is. We don't know what it's like. We're not in their their marriage to watch and see how things are. Yes, we did see that little hand flap, uh, slap away. It, it appeared as though he was reaching to hold her hand, and it, she certainly did kind of give it a flip. Uh, and and then then later there was some uh, shots of them holding hands and of course the cynical among us said well you see you know, so she's well she's doing it now because they that came out and we all jumped on it it's like this this scrutiny it's just it's just overwhelming sometimes it's just like they can't no one can catch a break it's just like somebody somebody either on the left or the right doesn't matter it is going to they're just going to scrutinize right down to the to the to that that hair is out of place, and that's got that's a that's pointing to some nefarious thing that's evil about these people because they're not in my tribe, they're not on my side. You know, they're 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 them. They're not us. You know, and so they just it's just you know cut them a break, <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, it's so. It's, 
So the assumption is that, well, no way she could be attracted to Donald. It's only the money that she's after. So we're making a judgment call on her that she's, a, she's just after the money. So, so we're not slut-shaming exactly. We're whore-shaming. I think that's how you would say it, because, well, a whore is somebody that will do something, it's male or female, will do something, uh, generally it's a sex thing, but will, that is maybe against what they want to do, but they'll do it because there's a benefit to it, or because they get some power, money, a better situation, something like that, or they get to get their drugs, <laughs> they get to eat. You know, it's just, it depends on where you are in the spectrum, you know, where you are in the economic rung. So, it's, it's it's so they're giving her that that she's a gold digger, which you don't know. And the other thing is, let's look at the sentence. This is what she's supposed to be saying. Whoever created this, now I I I seem I still think that this is a little bit of slut shaming, but but whoever created this is trying to suggest something. When you make the sentence, the sentence uh, the syntax follow it and like. Donald was rich, so we make F. That's kind of broken English, is it not? So, I thought the left, and I know I do a lot of needling of the left. I needle the right sometimes too, but my Facebook feed is just filled with stuff that's from the perspective of the left, so, so I talk more about that, I guess. It... I thought, you know, we were supposed to be, you know, welcoming immigrants and wonderful to immigrants and they are our future and we're a country of immigrants and isn't it something, you know, this, you know, there's no such thing as an illegal person. People aren't illegal, you know, even though, so we want to say undocumented workers. Well, this person isn't a worker necessarily. They're here in this country illegally. Well, they're not illegal. Okay, okay, let's change the language. Okay, language is fluid. It's not just absolutely set in stone, but, you know, I, but we're supposed to be welcoming and wonderful, unless, of course, they're married to Donald Trump. Then we can make fun of their broken English, which I don't know if she has broken English because, according to CBS News, Melania Trump speaks five languages fluently. Her native tongue of Serbian, English, French, uh, let's see, no, not Serbian, not her native tongue, but she does speak Serbian. Her native tongue is uh, uh, Slovenian. I hope I said that correctly. And German. So Slovenian, English, French, Serbian, and German. These are five languages that she speaks, and according to CBS News, fluently. That's what it says. I'll link to all this stuff in the show notes. So I've I've never been one to think uh, that somebody who has trouble speaking English. You know, they've come to the country, English has not been their first language. And they have, they can communicate, but they have some difficulty. And there's there's usually some dipshit that's, that treats them like they're stupid. And you want to look at them and say, a dipshit, how many languages do you speak? You know, I don't, no one that can speak one other language than what they were raised in, at least one, is, is stupid. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a different language. <laughs> and she's fluent in five. So I guess it's okay if she's in the them group to make fun of her immigrant status by suggesting that she's one. She's She's got, you know, 
bad English skills, the broken English, and she and suggesting just slightly that maybe she's not too bright. So she's gold digging. She's uh, she's not too bright, even though she speaks five languages. <clears throat> you know, uh, let's speak a different language <clears throat> while I take a break or, or not take a break. I don't know. This song has a little French in the title. It's called Uniforms Corps d'Esprit. I think that's how you say it. Uh, it's by Pete Townsend, one of my all-time favorites. Well, not one of. <laughs> my all-time favorite. Anyway, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I shall return after this break. Neither does this mindless letter It don't matter where you're from What matters is your uniform Where your braces run your seat You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hey y'all, this is Tangina. You're gonna give me whiplash looking up there too. I've cleaned many houses, and I don't know what it is that hovers over Dr. Dim's house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take his wallet away from him. And I think what we might be dealing with is the beast. Hold on. Did you just say that Dr. Dim doesn't believe in poltergeists, tiny fortune tellers, or the beast? Well, holy sh**. Why the didn't somebody tell me? Anyway, Dr. Dim's a skeptic. He'll be right back on ztalkradio.com. I still think this house is clean. On the go and missing another one of your favorite Z-Talk shows? Now you don't have to. Simply go to the Google Play Store on your Android phone and download the Z-Talk radio app. The best part is, it's absolutely free. That's Z-Talk radio. Only found in your Google Play Store on your Android phone. Download it today. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, and I know this, I say this frequently, but man, when I come back listening to some of these bumpers, I think, oh, damn, I wish I could play the whole song. Oh, I do. I know I say it frequently, because, boy, I got great bumpers. <clears throat> Sounds vaguely dirty, doesn't it? All right, um, continuing on this, and... I'm, you know, I'm not sure what to think about this. Maybe you guys can help me out. Uh, 
Kathy Griffin has uh, made the news this week with uh, uh, she, I, I know it was a video thing she did and a photo of it came out and she worked with a photographer named Tyler Tyler Shields I think is the guy's name and he's uh, you know a fairly provocative artist and you know comedy and art not all of it but some of it is meant to to be provocative, should be provocative, should be pushing the envelope, should be just getting up to that line and pushing and finding out where the boundaries are and, and to just just to keep doing that so that it protects our free speech. That's 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 part of the purpose of of some art and and some comedy. It doesn't it doesn't have to be all of it. There can be good art, you know, Norman Rockwell art that's excellent illustration work, excellent artwork. That doesn't, you know, that's that's not going to be terribly challenging. Although he did do some stuff in there where he would. There's that that illustration he did with the uh, the soldiers escorting a little African American girl to school uh, from the uh, the desegregation time that was taking place. And you know, so he. I don't necessarily think. I mean, from our perspective now, it doesn't. It doesn't look like he was pushing the boundaries. But from the time period then, I guess even to his uh, uh, his extent, he was. He was taking a stand. You know, we're you know we're all in this together. We're all human beings. What the hell are we doing? Okay, so Kathy Griffin, Griffin does this severed head of Donald Trump, and. I, the 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 sense of decency part of me, the sense of decorum part of me says, you know, that's just cruel and mean and gross and just counterproductive. It's shameful. But then the First Amendment side of me says, yeah, but you, you need somebody doing something like that. Truth to power, man. That kind of thing. Maybe not in exactly that way. Uh, but it's not new. This is not something new. I, I saw the counter uh, from this. You know, oh, everybody got up in your arms. All oh, the Republicans are all up in arms because of what Kathy Griffin did. Well, look at all these, and they show a bunch of pictures of President Obama being lynched in effigy. Note, I said lynched and not hanged because. Uh, with President Obama being African American, it's you don't just simply hang him in effigy. It it is it's a lynch. There's a social, political, aspect to it that's different than when Sarah Palin was hanged in effigy and when Hillary Clinton was hanged in effigy and Bill Clinton and George W. Bush and uh, who else. Uh, uh, and, and Donald Trump, you know, they were hanged in effigy. All of them have been hanged in effigy. So have Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter. But the difference, what I'm talking about here is, Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter were hanged in effigy by foreigners, or as I said on the internet, foreigners. But by uh, the, uh, the uh, Iranians, I think in both cases. Now they may have also been hanged in effigy by Americans, but I couldn't find uh, anything on that. Uh, 
so so when we look at Obama, you know, there's the lynching thing because that's and, and you know you you think lynching in America is something that's in our deep past. You know, you think you know 1880s, you know, 1910s, maybe 1930s. And you know when the last recorded lynching was done in the United States? It's 1981. According to Wikipedia, some fellow named, I think his name was Michael Donald, was hanged by a bunch of KKK fellas. A bunch of Klansmen. Uh, it's just, it's bizarre. And I can remember seeing pictures. They're out there. There are pictures from, from further back, you know, in the 30s, 20s, you know, where, where there are people standing around looking proud of themselves, standing around the, the lynched person. Hanging there, and what's even more disturbing is some—it's—it's it's men and women. You know, you would think women would be more genteel, but no, 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 they're—they're—they're they're equals. They're just as cr possible of being cruel as anybody else. But what was really disturbing is there's sometimes there's children in these pictures. What are we doing? And that's where you—I you, mentioned that you know a person will do something as part of a mob that they wouldn't do on their own. Uh, not not just because they don't have the power to do it. A mob would, but uh, you know. So, so I, so the whole thing that this this upcry comes out, and 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 it came from the right and the left. People on the left were decrying what what Kathy Griffin did. And Kathy Griffin, at first, she held her ground for a little bit, and then she, well, she started realizing she was going to be paying a price. She comes out, she apologizes. Now, maybe I'm being a little cynical there. I thought her apology, the first I saw, was was pretty sincere, and she, real, you know, she was saying, "Look, I realized I crossed the line, you know, and that." But then I saw other people say, "No, you shouldn't apologize. Look, own it. This is what you did. You know, stand for it. You're you're protecting, you know, our freedom of speech by you know by challenging the president." I don't know if that can be construed as a threat, um, but I, I wonder though. Those that say, "Well, where's the outrage from the right when Obama was, you know, the stuff was done with Obama? Where was you know Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton? Where was the outrage then?" I hope there was some. I certainly believe there was some, at least especially with this latest thing. There was some with uh, the left being upset about what Kathy Griffin did. But I wonder, how upset was the left when there was another image of Trump that floated on the internets of him uh, lying on the on the floor with uh, you know his bullet riddled body, you know, blood coming out of his his white his power white shirt with his super long tie. And would somebody please tell him when you're standing and walking around and you're wearing your suit, you button the button of your suit jacket if you got one button on the suit jacket, you button that one. If you got two buttons on it, you button the top one. You leave the other one buttoned. The, the, the other button is just there for moral support for the top one. You don't ever you button it. If you have a three-button jacket, you button the middle one. Top button, you can button. That's optional. Bottom one, you never button that one because, again, it's there for moral support for the other buttons. Just somebody please explain that to him. He does it once in a while. But I guess not. I just... I, I'm again. I'm not sure where I where I am on this one <laughs> with her. On the one hand, like I said, I, I find it disgusting and shameful, and it's counterproductive. I think it's counterproductive anyway. It's it, it, you're not going to convince the people way way out there on the far ends of the political spectrum. You're not going to convince them. It's the ones that are a little bit in from there, the ones that you might get. 
And doing something like this might push somebody that's on the right farther right, saying, "Wow, oh, see what they're like, see what they're like, you know, like punching Nazis. It's the same, it's kind of the same thing. At least I think so. And so I, I saw this other graphic, which I'll put up, and I think this is fairly accurate. This is the way I look at things, and maybe it's wrong, maybe it's right, I don't know. I could be wrong. But it shows, it's a little part, sort of a political cartoon. It's called The Political Spectrum. And it, it the first it has a it has a you know just the the spectrum bar you know with going from one color to another color you know you got that pictured in your mind except the top one just has two colors blue red blue on the left side red on the right side and you know it says left right in the in the two color blocks and above the left one it's the word balloon saying racists Nazis. And then above the right side, it's saying, the word balloon is saying, libtards, pussies. Okay. And under that, the, uh, the person who put this together writes reality and has that same, it's the same length of, of spectrum, but this time it's not just all blue and all red. It's straight up blue, straight up red at the far ends and in between... It goes, you know, you're moving from the left to the right. It goes, you know, a little less blue, a little less blue, and then a little more purple, a little more purple, and then it starts more, you know, getting into the red, 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 until finally it's to the full red at the end. And they put a little, here's the extreme ends, the extreme left, the extreme right, and they're saying the same things. And in the middle, there's a thought balloon that just shows the, you know, leaning liberal, moderates leaning conservative and they're all thinking shut up shut up shut up <laughs> well you know i'm a free speech guy go ahead and say your things but i think that's kind of like it let's can't we all just knock off the silliness it's uh, i suppose next week i should probably talk about you know just hit some some of the stuff on the right because i saw some of an interview, I'm going to have to watch the whole thing. I couldn't watch the whole thing. But I saw a little bit of a video, uh, a video interview. Uh, it's, it involves Charles Barkley, who is an African-American, uh, professional basketball player, very very famous and very popular. He's a broadcaster now and I mean, uh, probably even a podcaster. I don't know. But, uh, and, and another fellow, African-American, who is a lawyer. I don't know if it's a civil rights lawyer or some kind. is a lawyer. I, 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 I don't have his name. Next week, if I talk about it, I'll try to get all the names in place. And they're talking to that uh, Richard Spencer guy, the guy that got sucker punched, you know, the punch-a-Nazi guy. Yeah, and they're talking to him, and they're asking him about his ideas. And I'll, I'll just give you kind of a preview. What they do, the two men, you know, Charles Barkley and the other fellow, I think is brilliant. They just let the man talk. You know, give him enough rope and he'll hang himself. Yeah, okay, I know. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you. And, and the looks on their faces, <laughs> listening to this guy, I swear, the look on my face was the same. I just, huh? <laughs> what the hell century is this? Anyway, I'll have to talk more about that next week. What do I got? Uh, boy, I had so much else. But Oh, and then there's Kofifi or Kofefe or Kofif. I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was a typo. And uh, may, can you, isn't it amazing 
How much mileage was 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 made out of a typo? You know, Trump, our our Twitter president, our tweeting president, you know, sitting there in the White House in, in bed with the TV on, and he's tweeting something away about uh, the negative coverage that he gets from the press, and and instead of writing coverage, he writes kofefe, kafifi, kofif, whatever he wrote, and and instead of instead of just saying it's a typo. It's a typo, everybody. Relax. The next morning, he takes it down. And he, they think they fell, he fell asleep after he did it, and he didn't realize that he spelled it wrong. It didn't spell check. and just sent it out. The next morning, he takes it down, and then he puts up some cryptic message about only some who knows what the Kofifi means, or it's like, code, can you enjoy? You know? And it's not like, he, got, he maybe almost has a little bit of a sense of humor about himself, like he's playing a little bit. And he might have been. But then the White House press secretary starts talking about, well, some, a few, the president, a few know what that means. I don't know what they're doing. Just, just look. Can we, can we be grown-ups here and just say, you know, typos happen, and that's what that is. But boy, was that fun! And he said, we've got a new word. However, it's pronounced, <laughs> we've got a new word. Um, Roger Moore died. I know, uh, just recently, and he was, a, a, you know, my generation's James Bond. I know the purists would say, "Oh, it was it was Sean Connery, man," but no. <laughs> Roger Moore was our James Bond. You know why? Well, he was my James Bond because the first James Bond movie I saw in a movie theater was *Live and Let Die*, the first James Bond movie that Roger Moore played that role. And I I still really like that movie. I think it's great. It has the little bit of the black exploitation thing that was going on. You know, movies like Shaft and Foxy Brown and and that whole genre, even Blackula. So it has a little bit of that going on in it. And so maybe there might be some not so sensitive racial kind of thing there. But it was 1970 whatever, and 72, 73, and um, so it might be a little yeah okay. And then the other one. I want to mention, and these are movie recommendations for you, is The Man with the Golden Gun. And I'm sure I've recommended this one before to you guys, but why not again? Let me tell you, that one's an, uh, that one's my favorite of the Roger Moore ones. And I was listening to Stuck in the 80s, and they kind of poo-pooed it. They said it's kind of silly. I said, no, 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 no. It's so much better. You know why? You know why I like it so much better? Because I really like the villain. Uh, Scaramanga, played by uh, uh, Christopher Lee. And... And I like the idea that the, the final, the climactic battle is a one-on-one -on -one between the two of them. It's not like most Bond films. If you watch most Bond films, the end battle is maybe a one-on-one -on -one between Bond and whoever the villain is or the henchman of the villain, like Odd Job and, and Goldfinger. But otherwise, there's also a bunch of commandos coming in and, and attacking. So it's kind of a bigger scale. Lots of explosions and helicopters flying around and all that kind of crap. Which which is entertaining and fine, and a lot of the Roger Moore ones did the same thing. But this one was really, really confined to just those two guys, and I really like that. The other thing about these movies, the sexism is real thick, and just just a couple of things, especially in Man with the Golden Gun. Maude Adams plays uh, uh, Scaramanga's woman, and Bond is trying to see if he can get her to help him figure this, you know, to get the guy. And he sneaks into the, 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 the woman's apartment, or not apartment, into her uh, hotel room. She's in the shower. And he just walks into the shower, into the bathroom, and she opens up the shower door, and she's got a gun. 
And he says, you always shower with a gun? And when my wife and I were watching it fairly recently, she's, she, my wife says, do you always just walk into some wom- woman's bathroom when she's taking a shower? <laughs> I says, what are you doing? And then later in the film, of course he beds the woman. <clears throat> I suppose that's not the best way to say it, but they have, they have the, they make the sex. And, and he was about to make the sex with uh, Britt Eklund. Uh, she plays the, uh, the agent that helps him. He was about to make that with her, but uh, this other gal shows up. So he throws Britt Eklund in the closet, and Britt's all upset. She says, oh, don't worry. You'll get your turn. Oh, <laughs> you'll get your turn. I just, who thinks that way? Who talks that way? Well, I guess James Bond does. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Uh, the end of another show is upon us. Uh, be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, I'll be back next week. Um, this is Dimland Radio on Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Jim Doctor Fit, uh, Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. Your turn will come. <laughs> uh, creepy. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Well, well I'm going, I'm going to hell. To hell.